Welcome. You're tuning in to Calligraphy Unscripted. I'm Christy Tony, a calligraphy expert with 16 years of experience. And in this podcast, you can expect storytelling, actionable tips, and mindset hacks to help you along in this discipline. So let's just jump right in and ink up. Welcome to or welcome back to the Calligraphy Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Tony, and I'm excited to welcome you to episode 11. Today, I want to discuss themes, themed weddings, and themed events. I'm talking about the versatility required to adapt calligraphy and lettering styles to suit thematic weddings and events. Now, if you are shying away from accepting these kinds of events, I am hoping that after this podcast, you may feel a little more confident about taking something like this on. Now, I'm a big proponent of being versatile and well-rounded as a calligrapher and hand letterer. I want to do it all. I want my pointy pen work to be just as impressive as anything I can manage with a paint pen. I want to do chalkboards. I want to paint murals. Pass me an engraver while you're at it. And I have not met a quote I didn't want to render with some fine line pens, okay? (laughs) So I want to do it all, all the things. Now, I'm not sure if it's this adventurous Spirit that I have that gives me an appetite for this kind of work or not, but I am definitely interested and I want you to be interested as well. Okay. Now I feel like it will only improve my creative eye and provide me with more experiences as I navigate my way underneath this big, glorious hand lettered arts tent. So think of it that way. It's only going to make you better when you're faced with a design challenge down the road. You're like, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did I did those types of letters. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that theme. So you want to have something to pull from. Now, calligraphy isn't just about the letters. Obviously, it's about telling a story through your art. Now, my job as a calligrapher is to translate the feel of the wedding, the personalities of the couple. Those are usually your best design solutions when you really nail it. Now, when they choose a theme, meaningful when you can nail it because you have taken something that is a little different not traditional, and you had to really think about what you want to do. And I usually try to show clients two to three options so they don't feel stuck or put upon. Now, what do I mean when I say theme? What is a theme? What is a wedding theme? What is an event theme? Now, themes for weddings and events usually change over time based on trends and what couples are reading about on blogs, magazines, and Pinterest. I remember when I was doing invitations years ago, I remember when the gold foil trend came along and it seemed like for three consecutive years, clients were asking about gold foil. So it it just depends. Now that is a trend and it's an example of something that has come and gone. 
However, there are themes that continue to get batted around over the years. And they get batted around pretty steadily. So I just want to mention some of those popular themes and what I personally think of when these themes are mentioned, just to give you a reference. Okay, so the first theme, really popular, Art Deco. Art Deco is a whisper of the glitz and glamour of the 1920s. It also meets a little minimalism. Think the Great Gatsby, clean geometric lines, high contrasting letters. That really marks Art Deco. I bought a couple of books that the cover, the artwork, it's all about Art Deco. So that's another thing. When when these things come along, I do have a pretty robust reference shelf that I can pull from to say, okay, what exactly are they trying to go for with this actual theme? How can I weave these design elements into their big day? Another theme Old Hollywood. Now, Old Hollywood is somewhat of a cousin to Art Deco, but when I think of Old Hollywood, I think of it being more glam. So think elegance, sophistication, drama, Marilyn Monroe, you know, captured just usually by like an ornate vintage inspired script. Hollywood, but that's usually the umbrella that I start working from with old Hollywood. But I've also seen it being called an enchanted theme. And you'll see this a lot with proms. A lot of proms have an enchanted forest theme or it's just enchanted. It's, with this theme, you could go with a more whimsical style. Think fairies, think uh, fairy lights in a wooded area, perhaps a flowing romantic script or, you know, a script that has like curly cues on it. This reminds me of that enchanted mirror that I did that I was telling you guys about that I misspelled, but rooms, it's just really like, it's almost, it's almost like fantasy a little bit with enchanted. So enchanted is fun. Then um, another theme is fairy tale. Now fairy tale, the fairy tale theme has changed for me a little bit over the years, because with me, I usually always think of like a royal wedding. I'm thinking of Princess Diana, the other princesses who have been swept off their feet in the decades after Diana, a huge ball gown, long trains, just really romantic, dreamy events. But now that time has gone on a little bit, you know, a fairy tale can also be medieval. You can think about a medieval fairy tale. And those don't always star the princess as protagonist, I guess is what I want to say. Because uh, if you think about a knight's tale, think about a knight's tale with the, the late great Heath Ledger and a, a female lead off of her feet and what he went through, you know, and just think about it's more of a swashbuckling tale, I guess you want to say. But the thing about a medieval fairy tale, if you think about the joust and you think about medieval times, you can think about, I mean, I would probably go to medieval times. If I was doing a good medieval fantasy wedding, oh God, I'm going. You know, I want to look at the, I want to look at the cups. I want to go to the souvenir shop. I want to look at all of those elements because I know that they're going to inspire me 
and they're going to inspire me in ways that I don't expect to be inspired. So yeah, the gothic theme. So, you know, gothic, I'm telling you, gothic can be done very tastefully. You know, I know that you got your Halloween couples, you got people who want to wear all black, and, you know, it's a lot of times you're just like, wow, you know, I still want this to be tasteful. I still want this to be elegant. I don't want this to be so, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like boo, you know. But I just did a Gothic-themed wedding, and it was gorgeous. And I mean gorgeous. It was at Salvage One here in Chicago. The bride wore a white dress that had black trim. It had, like, black sleeves and a black sheer scoop neck. It was gorgeous. And they did have me explore some spooky fonts. They wanted me to look at something gothic, something horror. And I did. I found some. I sent them to them. And, you know, they molded over. I think their planner was really instrumental in really kind of, you know, having them dial everything back because, you know, after you decorate everything, you don't want it to be over the top. And they actually settled on Trajan Pro. They settled on a serif font and it was gorgeous. I mean, it was just a black piece of acrylic. I did the welcome and it was just welcome to the wedding of da 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 da. And it was so gorgeous. That's all they needed. They needed something that was untraditional to go with the rest of their untraditional elements. But after the floral and after the decor and just looking at the reception, it, it honestly looked like a spooky enchanted forest. Very elegant, very elegant. So I'm saying all that to say, don't think about these things in just one way. You're the unicorn and they hired you and it's up to you to put your own spin on it. There's nothing wrong with looking at what has already been done but based on your experiences, based on my experiences, we're always going to come up with something a little different. It's going to be a little spin on it. Okay, last three. Um, the city skyline. Now, your own city, you should be familiar with your city's skyline. I'll just say that right up front. Okay, you should be familiar with what the most popular buildings are, and you should be able to scratch that out. Now, I'm not, you don't have to draw, but you should be able to come up with a silhouette, a nice silhouette that will speak to people that live in your city that will immediately recognize it. A cityscape that was so popular, I ended up doing it on three or four weddings. And it was the actual popular buildings here, the Hancock, the uh, Willis Tower. I still call it the Sears Tower. But there were all these, you know, just the popular buildings, popular skyline, what anybody would recognize. But I broke it up by introducing other really famous landmarks that anybody would recognize. Like... The Wrigley sign, you know, you can do, you, you you should be able to do basic doodling. This is all it was. It was just doodling. You'll see it in the link in the show notes. So it was the the Wrigley field sign. That's, that's a nice motif. The lions, what are the lions? We've got uh, a museum called the Art Institute. 
probably heard of it. <laughs> I'm saying it because I'm not sure who's listening, but the Art Institute, we've got a lion on the left, a lion on the right. Uh, they put Christmas wreaths over their necks in the winter time. If the Cubs are in the playoffs, they'll put a Cubs hat on them. So, you know, it's just a layup to kind of do a lion with the Cubs hat on it. What else? The bean. The bean is really nice to just kind of stick in there. So the Navy Pier Ferris wheel, that's something that is recognizable. So it's just a way to kind of make the skyline your own and also make it a little bit more fun than just a simple silhouette. Now, every city has things that you can indicate. And, you know, I'm going to say this, you know, I know that, you know, drawing is not something that everybody wants to do, but that could kind of be your thing. Like maybe you're just going to practice that, you know, that's just something that you're going to go ahead and learn and keep in your pocket in case you need to try it out. So if somebody says, can you do a fun skyline? You say, oh, sure, sure. What are you thinking about featuring? Okay. So second to last, celestial. Okay. So celestial you can do a lot of things with. Now, I would say Celestial would be in the same realm as the Enchanted Forest, but Celestial probably would be a little bit more minimal than Enchanted. But just think stars, think really beautiful script. I would really focus on the script for Celestial because that's really going to tell the story right there. Um, then you've got minimalist. So simple, clean, unfussy, people that have a minimalist theme, they don't want to see a bunch of stuff. They don't want to see it really crazy. They are looking for the strength to come in the copy and maybe a motif that you put together. So think about that. Less is more when you're dealing with a minimalist theme. Okay, so I know that was a long list of themes. I am going to put this in the show notes as well so that you will see everything side by side in terms of the descriptions that I gave you, okay? So I just want to make sure that when you are looking at these themes that you're being tasteful, are editing yourself, you're editing your designs, okay? Now, thematic calligraphy and lettering will add personality and charm to these events. Okay, but it also will provide a fantastic opportunity for you as a calligrapher to expand your portfolio and showcase your versatility. Now, I've been doing this for 16 years. There has never really been a time where I have really done a design, and I mean really knocked it out of the park. And added that somewhere, whether it be on Instagram, which to me is just a portfolio site. It's just a place for you to put all your work so people can thumb through it when they're trying to see if your style matches their style, if they want to hire you. That's all I think of Instagram as now, as the years have gone on. But I want to throw that out there because I want to throw out a successfully navigated theme work that, that I've done somebody else wants it. So I've done it. I don't just do it once. I'll do it like three or four times. And then each time I try to make it, even though they really liked what I did, I do try to make it a little bit different so that it will be unique to that couple's event. 
but you do want to expand your, your portfolio so that people can identify the versatility that you have. Now, there are three ways personally that I approach themes for reference and inspiration. Aside from my own library, I will look at invitations, I will look at Pinterest, and I will look at movie posters. Those three reference, those three reference options will turn out to be extremely inspirational for you simply because we're living in this digital age and there are so many visual presentations that you can take advantage of. So I just want to throw that out there. Invitations, Pinterest, and movie posters. I'm not sure how obvious that is for everyone else as far as what you look at when you want to look up a theme, but that's what I go for. Because a lot of times, you know, proms will use these themes. So they've done posters. You know, I probably shouldn't even say movie posters. I should just say posters. Like if you've got an Enchanted Forest theme, say Enchanted Forest prom posters or Enchanted Forest themed invitation, or just go on Pinterest and type in Enchanted Forest theme and see what comes back. And then just make notes, take screenshots, make notes of the things that you're seeing and see how it's going to end up inspiring you. Because um, it's important too, you will see a lot of lettering that will inspire you, but obviously you won't have all the letters that you need. But that's going to go back. I'm, I'm thinking about really doing a series on how to observe letters so that even if you don't have all the letters, if you understand how letters work, then you should be able to replace some of the letters with with your letters. Like if you if you see the P, you should know how to do the R, if that makes sense. Okay. Again, what I'm looking for when I look at this inspiration, I'm looking for lettering styles, I'm looking for colors, and I'm looking for design elements. Okay. So even if you don't get all the letters, you know, just remember to bring the client along with you on this journey so that they are on board. They, you want them to be just as excited as you are as you develop special one-of-a-kind work for their special day, okay? Make sure you show them some options and really explain your perspective and where you were coming from in order to incorporate these things for them. So that's all for today. Um, check out the show notes for a link to some of my favorite themed mirrors and signs that I've executed. And I'll also, like I said, I'll leave you a list of these themes and what I said about them, just a little summary so you'll have them. So I hope you approach your next opportunity for a themed event with excitement and a fresh perspective. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I appreciate you listening. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Check out some of my problem solving content in the show notes and I'd love to connect with you on socials. I can be found on Patreon, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube under Calligraphy by CT. Until next time.